spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Region Review. Matt Miguez here. Jerry Abear is my co-host. Plenty to talk about today. Obviously, uh, we'll recap the baseball weekend against TCU and look ahead to Coastal Carolina. We'll recap softball and their trip to Austin and Arlington, as well as talk about their weekend upcoming. And some interesting news coming around Lafayette regarding the university. We'll dive into all of that and so much more on this episode of Raging Review. Welcome in once again, Matt Miguez here. Jerry Bear. Jerry, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. One day closer to the weekend, one day closer to more Raging Cajun sporting events. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I wanted to say this off the top, uh, you know, for all you, for all you Catholics and Christians who who gave up alcohol and sweets and whatever else for Lent, just hang on. You're almost there. You're <laughs> Do you believe that it's, it's already Holy Week next week? Um, it just seemed like just yesterday we were celebrating, well, trying to celebrate, I guess, whatever was left of Mardi Gras um, and that cold, cold, cold uh, Lundi Gras and Mardi Gras that came through South Louisiana. But uh, it's amazing now how, you know, time flies, especially when you have a lot of uh, Asian athletics to watch and pay attention to. Um, but, yeah, uh, lots to look forward to this weekend and next weekend. And also a reminder, with Easter being around the corner, I know there's going to be a lot of happy kids out there with a few days off, whether it's spring break or Easter holidays. So, uh, yeah, lots lots happening in this next week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that's going to be interesting over over the next couple of days is th- this major announcement that the university is 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 giving tomorrow morning at ten o'clock. And you know, obviously, we don't know the details of what the announcement is, but from our good friends in RCAF, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um exciting when you when you when it's hyped up when it's when it when it's promoted the way that it is um you know it makes of course <laughs> of course we cajuns prod ourselves we, we we love you know one thing about cajuns we, we make friends with anybody but sometimes we just don't know uh we don't know when to stop talking and i know around here there's been a lot of uh curiosity to know what what exactly this announcement entails um but whatever it is if it's promoted as it is and if there's if there's a lot of hype built around that announcement tomorrow, I'm sure it's going to be some some good news or some great news that I think a lot of Cajun fans will be very happy about. Yeah, you know, in any time, like you said, any time it's promoted that the way that it's been, you know, obviously it, it's something major, something. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Something significant. Yeah, significant, impactful, uh, altering of you know universes whatever you want to say um 
but yeah, obviously, obviously it's big news. Obviously, the university is is excited to share it with Cajun Nation, and they will do so tomorrow morning at ten a.m. via Zoom. Correct. Yeah, I think it's only a select few people that will have the invite. But right after, uh, not sure exactly the timeline after the announcement, but they will have either a press release or some type of presentation that fans can go see. Um, also, too, just to let uh, everybody know. Um, Based off of this announcement tomorrow, uh, you and I here at Raging Review may have uh, some special guests next week, possibly, um, to uh, recap this announcement and go a little bit further in detail. And uh, we'll definitely keep uh, all of Cajun Nation updated on that. Um, if it does come to fruition, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, move forward with it. But uh, right now, if anything, we want to see what this announcement is <laughs> before we really get into detail. You can't get into de- into detail about something we don't know. So um, hopefully this announcement will, will blow our minds and we can uh, get, show some excitement and, and uh, get a little more in depth about it maybe next week with the uh, proper people that uh, otherwise, that otherwise uh, are on the front line of, of this uh, major announcement that's expected to be, that that's expected to happen tomorrow morning. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning via Zoom is the major announcement from the university. Jerry, let, let's get into baseball now. Uh, you know, we the Cajuns had a big weekend this past weekend hosting number 15 TCU. Um, and, you know, it, Friday night started off very, very promising for Matt Deggs and his team. Uh, Spencer Arigetti got the start on the mound. And once again, he was dominant. Uh, he went six and two thirds, and only gave up one run, and he struck out eight. That's pretty much what Spencer Arigetti has done so far this year. Uh, he's been very, very limited on runs. He has dominated on the mound. He has set the tempo. The dude's got an awesome. He's got some awesome swagger. Um, and it showed once again the other night, and how fitting for him to do that against his former team. Um, sometimes you just you just don't fit in certain places. You know, you just maybe it's just not meant to be, and we're we're very lucky to be a benefactor of that. And uh, you know, he came here, was given a Friday night nod uh, last week, and went up against his former team, and pretty much did what he had to do. Um, and so. It was a very, very pleasing performance. A very, very uh, it, it set the it set it sets the tone when you're able to do that uh, for the entire nine innings, and it showed the other night. And um, it was very pleasing to watch Spencer do what Spencer is good at, and that's just like basically shutting anybody that he faces down. Um, right now, I want to say he's got he's got an ERA of uh, of point nine. Yeah. Array of point nine in four appearances. I think I think he's only given up two two or three runs. Yeah, he's he's, he's, appearances. he's given up two. He's pitched twenty innings, given up two runs, given up eight hits, um, and he has struck out twenty four um, in twenty innings. So yeah, that's um, that's impressive. Very and you know, extreme impressive. You, you know, you know, I said he gave up the one run, but. I forgot to mention that that one run was the last batter he faced. That run yeah. came in the seventh inning off of a Connor Shepard home run uh, to make it four to one. 
but you know, one thing I want to talk about also outside of Spencer's performance is the performance at the plate for the Cajuns, especially Ben Fitzgerald and Tyler Robertson, who both had three run home runs in this game. Um, and, and, and both were absolute no doubters. Um, was it, uh, it was Ben, it was Ben that went over the 36 and dead center. And then Robertson in the seventh hit the scoreboard. Correct. Correct. And Robertson's home run made it seven to one. I think it was in in the bottom of the seventh. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, what's ironic about both of those home runs is that they were actually, um, they were both a hit after a TCU error. Um, There was an error uh, I believe before, yeah, before uh, Ben Fitzgerald's home run, there was an error uh, in the bottom of the sixth. Um, there was a, a, let's see, there was there were two men on between Connor Kimple and Alex Haney, and there was an error by TCU's pitcher, and then Fitzgerald comes in and just nails one to deep center field. Same thing happened in the bottom of the seventh uh, before before Tyler Robertson came to bat. Um, there was a throwing error by, um, I believe by, by TCU's pitcher again, um, to first base, I believe. And Rockefeller went to third base. And then you had, um, I want to say you had him and then I think who else, um, that were on, it was a three run Homer. Um, yeah, it was, it was Carson Rockefeller and Sam Riola. And uh, Riola reached the first base because there was a bad throw to first. There was a man on first and third, and then Tyler. And then there was a new pitcher, uh, and the very, <laughs> very new pitcher comes in very first, or I think it was the second pitch. Uh, Robertson just nailed it to where to left field, hit the scoreboard, and uh, within two innings, it was a seven to one game. I mean, that, that goes to show you, even in games that we've lost, um, you know, errors. That's what errors do. I mean, that's why our fielding needs to improve. Um, we saw it on Friday night, and we took advantage of it. Plus, we hit the ball hard on Friday night. You add that in, and that you get a 7-2 to win. So, um, hopefully that can be a lesson that our guys can learn. Like, when you make errors, is, you know, teams are going to make you pay, and we made TCU pay on, on Friday. Yeah, and then, so, you know, the Cajuns get that win and prove to 11-8 and eight on the year. TCU f- fell to 11-7. and seven. And then, you know, you, you come back to the park Saturday and, and Hayden Dirk's on the mound. You're feeling confident that Hayden can bounce back after his rough start against Southern Miss. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't really do that. Gave up two runs early in the top frame. You know, kind of kind of coasted his way through, through a couple more innings. Um, and then TCU manages to score 11 in the 6th, 7th, and 8th innings, uh, 3, 4, and 4, respectively, to make it a 13-4 to victory for the Horned Frogs in that one. You know, from, from the get-go, Jerry, Louisiana never really looked right in this game. What do you well, think happened? Well, from the top of the first inning, I mean, you have two outs. You have two outs, and the throwing error gives TCU a run. And then followed by a base hit, which now it's 2 nothing. Like what I just, what did I just talk about? Fielding errors. You make that out. It's a basic, you know, throw to first. You make that out. It's zero zero, 
and the Cajuns come to bat. Instead, you make the error and then you give up two runs. You know, the error keeps the inning going and, and it's two nothing now instead of zero zero. So that momentum shifts right away. And now the dynamics of the game changes because now you're down two runs and you haven't even batted yet. And it's off of errors. So, you know, when that happens, um, some teams, you know, your, 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 your good teams, they know how to fight back from it. And, and like Coach Deggs always says, you know, we, we just play until the final out. We don't look at the scoreboard. You know, Billy Napier says the same thing about his football team. We don't look at the scoreboard, and that's fine. But there's a mental aspect of that as well. I mean, when you're, you know, you, you, you can, you're playing a TCU team that's ranked 15th in the country, um, that has a history, that perception does a lot. And, you know, you shut them off for, for three, up, or three outs in the first inning, and all of a sudden you make one error which basically gives them two runs, you know, that changes things. And so I just think that's set a bad tone. And, of course, you know, the Cajuns couldn't get a hit for, you know, I want to say they couldn't get, oh, they probably didn't get a hit for four four innings. Fourth inning, they got their first hit. You know, so when you you get that, it just, you know, it's, it sets a bad, it sets a bad tempo for the entire game, and I think that's what happened on Saturday. And um, you know, Hayden came out early; uh, he wasn't fully right. I know Coach Deggs said yesterday, I believe, or the other day, he didn't want him to. You know, he kind of wanted to take him, kind of wanted to take him away from that trouble for a little while, um, and then put some of his bullpen in, which some of his, you know, some of the relievers didn't pitch their best game on Saturday. It happens when you play a good hitting team like TCU, and. Um, it was just one of those days you just couldn't – the Cajuns couldn't get the bats going. And, you know, a few errors and a few bumps and bruises here and there cost the Cajuns uh, giving up many, many runs. <laughs> so uh, you do that against a team like TCU. TCU is – I mean, they, like I said, they have a reputation and it just wasn't – it just didn't go well for, for them on Saturday. Yeah, uh, you know, 13-4, to 4, like I said, was the final score. So definitely the correct statement when, when you say that it just – Right, and Sunday was was really Sunday was really no better. Um, a five to one loss in this game. Cajuns again couldn't get anything going. Uh, you and I were both at this game, and uh, the Cajuns didn't get their first hit until the sixth inning. That's correct. Drake Osborne had a single to right field in the sixth. Um, yeah. And, you know, they, you know, they ended up getting four base hits and scoring a run in the ninth. But, you know, in the end, one run and four hits, not enough to beat a top 15 program. No, and, and also, too, not to mention, I mean, look, the, the, going into that game, um, one mistake I made was uh, their pitcher, Johnny Ray. Um, he had like an ERA of five going into that Sunday matchup. And I'm thinking, okay, we should hit this guy. Well, come to find out, he only pitched maybe seven or eight innings going into the game. And so he just had a, probably just had a bad outing. Well, everything he threw was 94, 95. And then he had some, you know, he had some spin to his pitches. And all of a sudden you face that. And, you know, even when you make contact, you either you get out, you hit into a double play. I mean, we how many how many double plays did we hit into the other day? Oh, two or we, three. We, yeah, I mean, two or three just, at least. There's no, there's no momentum there. 
Um, so that's where I just, you know, one of those games where it just what didn't go our way. And, you know, TCU, they, they flex their muscles a little bit. There's a reason why they're a top 25 program. There's a reason why there they was, go to Omaha there was, every other year. There was one double play that really irked me because you had runners on first and second, no outs. You know, you, you finally kind of get some momentum. And I think it was Brennan Bro that stepped up to the plate and just hit a grounder right to the second baseman. Well, another thing, too. Two outs, top of the first, nobody on base. Then you walk a guy. Right. And then, then they give up a double. And there's a home, a three-run homer. Or two-run, yeah, three-run homer. You know? I mean, it's two outs with nobody on. Your first, you, you basically retire your first two batters, nobody on base. And then you come out of the top of the first down four nothing. Yeah. Once again, you walk a guy, you give up some hits. I mean, you make an error. I mean, you're not. It doesn't matter who you play. You're not going to win many games doing that. Um, and that's where I look at it from a standpoint of just, you know. I think pitching and fielding honestly have done us in just as much as lack of hitting. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean I, you know, I can name quite a few of our losses this year that have been strictly due to errors in pitching, which I think it'll get better. But you look back on the other day, I mean, you give up four runs on the top of the first. It goes back to the day before where you give up that error in two runs. Now you you haven't even batted yet. Your bats are struggling a little bit, and now you're already down four nothing. What kind of a mentality, or what kind of what kind of dynamics change? A lot, a lot of dynamics change for that, you know. So I don't know. I think the good news is that we're out of this series. Look, we took one. You know, we beat Nichols. I thought the bats came a little bit more alive against Nichols. And look, we got to ch- we're going to talk more about it, but we got a challenge this week ahead against Coastal. They're a good team. Yeah, you know they're they're always they're always a good team. You know, five years off of their, you know, their national championship run, uh, right before they joined the Sun Belt. But yeah, like you said, you know they're they're consistently consistently a tough challenge, a good bro, a good program, and uh, it'll be fun to to bring them into Cajun Field and play four games this weekend: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning. Times are six, two, one, and eleven, respectively. However, only three of the games will be conference games. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday will count towards the conference record, and then uh, Monday is just a uh, just a non-conference exhibition. Um, Friday, Saturday. And hey, Sunday. I'll take. Good. I'll take Coastal as a non-conference game. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's better than it's better than some of the in-state schools we've played RPI-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well will be broadcasted on ESPN Plus if you can't get tickets to the game. Um, yeah, you know, let, let's go ahead and talk about that. Coastal, they're off. They're off to a pretty good start this year. Uh, I, I don't remember. I looked it up. I don't remember their record offhand. I'm gonna try and pull it up quickly now so that we can kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah, um, let's... they won last night, by the way, against Charleston. But thirteen and six, their RPI is a little. You know, our RPI actually jumped last night by not even playing because of the teams that have won, and um, you know, 
look, I, I know this sounds crazy and I hate to admit it, but you know, Louisiana tech jumping into the top 25 actually helps our RPI. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) as hard as it is to pull for some of these schools, you know, we got to be a little selfish there and you hope that they win for our, for our benefit. I mean, we jumped eight, I think we jumped like seven or eight spots last night by default, just by not even playing because of the teams that we, that we faced or beat. And that's the advantage of having a non-conference schedule that we had. It's challenging. uh, It's against good competition. Obviously, the record is maybe not as on par as what we would want for right now. Uh, hopefully, conference make it a little easier for us. But you know, look, dude. I mean, that when you when you when your RPI jumps up almost ten spots and you don't even play, it goes to show you the type of schedule you have. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, this has definitely been, and I said this at the beginning of the year. This has definitely been one of the better baseball schedules that we, we've put together in recent years. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, looking at looking at Coastal's schedule, they come in with a record of 13-6. and six. Uh, They did open the season with a series against number 16, Duke. They did win one of those games and then ended up beating Wake Forest 4-1 to one in 12 innings. They were also ranked at the time. And then they hosted West Virginia, beat them, and then a couple weeks later, they played a three-game series with West Virginia and won two out of three in that one. And like you said, Tuesday last night, they beat the College of Charleston 8-7 to seven before coming down here to Lafayette to play Louisiana this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, on, on paper, they seem like I haven't had the chance to really, really watch them this year. But, you know, on paper, they seem... They seem just as good as ever. I mean, Parker Chavers, one of their outfielders, he's he's been one of the better players in the conference over the last couple of years. Um, and they've got another kid, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. I'm going to scroll through the roster, and I'm going to find it. He has been he, – he's one of their pitchers who has just been absolutely phenomenal for them. He He was good for them last year and maybe even the year before. Um, but I am drawing a blank and none of these names look familiar, Jerry. <laughs> um, well, maybe, all maybe I know left, is, I don't know. Without even think, without even mentioning it, it's coastal, you know, it's right. coastal baseball. We, we know, we know what they're, what they can do. We know what they're capable of. We know, uh, what they bring to the table and yeah, I mean, they're just, look, man, they are a solid bunch. Now, just want to let you know, I'm looking at some of their pitchers. You got um, Alaska Abney. He's got a 1.2 ERA. You got Reese Maniscalco. He's got a 1.29 ERA. You got Reed Van Scooter, 1.96 ERA. You got Luke Barrow, 1.2.13 uh, ERA. You got some decent pitchers on this team. Um, now, doesn't take away the fact that we should be able to hit. We shouldn't be able to hit them. But here's the thing about Coastal. They hit the ball. They hit the ball. Look, they took two out of three on the road against a really good West Virginia team. They, they beat a nationally ranked Wake Forest squad. Uh, they're batting right now. They're batting an average of 268. Um, they're pitching ERAs a, bit, a, little over, a little over four. So that actually might work to our advantage. Here's the good news about this weekend. I don't see 
even though they're our first conference series, I don't see the schedule getting much more difficult after what we've seen already. I don't think there's anything that we're going to see that's different from what we've seen in the first 21 games. So this would be a good test for conference. I'm optimistic that the schedule is going to ease up on us a little bit as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like I've said, you know, anytime we've talked about the conference outside of coastal South and this year, you know, ULM looks to be a tough, a tough out. But outside, Not bad. outside of those three programs, I see the conference working very well in Louisiana's favor. I do too. Um, and, and also too, there's really no, like you said, outside of maybe a few schools, including us, I, I don't see much. No. I, I'm yeah. not saying, look, it's, it's any, anything's possible, but I just don't see any team outside of us, Coastal and maybe South, that I can say, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, we. I hope we can, win the series against this team. Actually, I expect to sweep a few schools, to be honest with you. Of course anything's possible. Just ask Oral Roberts. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because, uh, I, you know, if you go look on our on our uh, Twitter handle, uh, we, we commented this morning, uh, there was Barstool LSU commenting about oh, this. God. You saw uh, Oral Roberts, stop acting like you're big boys. The big boys are talking. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize LSU was a big boy in basketball. Excuse me, you know. They have just as many national championships as Oral Roberts, and that equals zero. And meanwhile, Oral Roberts is still playing right now while you sit at home. Oh, LSU fans just love to talk. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But hey, kudos to the hey. You know what? Kudos to Oral Roberts. Of course, we have. I know we had to bring them up, but hey, kudos to them. And uh, and, and you know, they got the like, job let, let's talk about another school and just how impressive. They have been in the NCAA tournament. Can can we can we talk about Loyola Chicago? Well, dude, they're a Jesuit school. Of course, they're great. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh wait, wait, wait! No, not just them. Not just them. We got another Jesuit school. Another Jesuit school. That's the number one. That the number one overall seed in Gonzaga. Yeah. So I mean, something about the Jesuit schools and their basketball, man. But, but you <laughs> know. You, you, I mean, think about it. The last time we had an NCAA tournament before this year, Loyola Chicago made it to the Final Four. Yeah, they, they did. And, and, then and you now know what? Here we are two years later. They're back in the Sweet 16. But, but Matt, that's the importance. That's the importance of making the tournament. That's a recruiting tool you use. Um, I mean, look, there's so, look, Gonzaga was the same way for a while. They were Cinderella. Now they are the team to beat. And when you have that type of consistent success, you're going to get athletes that can compete at a higher level. You're going to get athletes that can help you win championships. And that's, that's what they've gotten. I mean, when you make those type of runs, people know who you are and, and, then, and they're going to want to play for you. I mean, you look at it, yep. look at what we've done for football over here. You know, like I've looked at a bunch of um, bloggers and edit, edit, editorials of, uh, you know, Sunbelt recruiting and Sunbelt talent. And every single blogger, every single writer that has talked about our you, our football team, they've all said the same thing. Oh, my gosh, look at the athletes Billy Napier is getting to go play for Louisiana. What is it? Why is that? Well, that's a byproduct of winning. That's a byproduct of success. And, you know, I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, but that's what you're seeing in basketball with some of these schools where, oh, yeah, I've seen Loyola Chicago before. Oh, I've seen, you know, and of course, Gonzaga's Gonzaga, but that, that's what winning does. 
winning attracts players that otherwise wouldn't go to your school if you didn't have years like that or if you weren't a Cinderella. Everybody wants to be part of a cool story, especially in sports. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, look, man, it's impressive what they've done. I mean, look, Oral Roberts, I guarantee you, they're going to get some athletes to go play, some good basketball players. They're going to, they're going to attract some recruits because of their run they just made or that they're making right now. So, you know, unless, I mean, I don't think, I, I just, I just feel like, you know, that's the, that's what, first of all, that's what's great about March Madness. Um, I mean, dude, I, there's not a single person in America right now that can specifically say my bracket's doing well. Okay, this is <laughs> actually mine. Actually, mine's not doing. Considering considering the circumstances, right? Mine doesn't look it's that not, bad. But that's it. But that's my point. Like, okay, so yours is my. Your you say mine is not bad. But that's probably the best reaction you're going to get. Well, mine. It's it's like 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 Tony Robichaux used to say about minimizing damage. I think most people are looking at their brackets as if they're minimizing damage. Well, I didn't look, I didn't get this many upsets, but at the same time, uh, I, I still lost a lot of games. Right. Um, and I, I guess you could say the same for me. Um, you know, my bracket there, it's, it's, it's shot. It's tarnished. Um, but no, it, it, it's, it, well, I know we have to give a shout out to those, those mid majors. Um, we're definitely in the same boat as them. So of course we love pulling for the underdog. And uh, when, when people talk about big boys, it's like, well, big boys haven't really been performing too well this tournament. So um, no. kudos to those schools for advancing and, and, and playing the way they've been playing. You know, we'll, we'll dive into softball, obviously, because, you know, plenty to talk about with the UL softball program. And we'll do that after the commercial break. But before we go to break, Jerry, I think it's time we make a new segment here at Rage and Review. Oh. And we're going to call it the Rage and Review Rant. Okay. Because I like that. I, I have read something this morning that just absolutely made makes me, you want to rant. You want to rant. It, it made me sit there for a second and go, what the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> what you got? So, you know, obviously Ruger rooms is, you know, the talk of, of the rage and Cajun fans, uh, you know, fan base now, but rage and Pajun still kicking a little bit, you know, there was there was a thread on Rage and Pagan this morning, and it was titled, "Was Matt Deggs the right hire?" Oh boy, you've yeah. got to be kidding me! <clears throat> are we are we literally sitting here, thirty eight total games into this man's tenure? Keep keep in mind. One of those seasons cut short by a global pandemic. Are we really sitting here and debating whether or not he was the right hire? Uh, yeah, I mean, look here, here. Here's here's the cohort facts. I'm gonna I'm gonna list a few. Uh, when you're done ranting, I'm gonna list some cohort facts if you're ready for it. I, I did the math because you know I'm, I'm typically pretty good at that kind of stuff. In 38 games at Louisiana. Matt Deggs is 19 and 19. Yeah. Is that a great record? No. But considering the circumstances of a global pandemic, and he hasn't coached a full season of baseball yet, is 19 and 19 pretty damn good? Yeah. I, 
I wouldn't say it's pretty good. I would say it because I know it's not up to par of his standard. Well, no, but but, but again, considering but the, the other considering hand, the circumstances. Well, I think it's circumstantial beyond the pandemic. I mean, look, he I mean, look at look at our roster. Look at our roster. Look at look at our starting lineup. You only have two guys. You only have one or two guys on the consistent starting lineup that, that even came back from last year, let alone the year before, after more turnover happened. I mean, you, you, you I mean, but besides Connor Kimball and Ben Fitzgerald and maybe Brennan Bro every now and then, the rest of the guys are new yeah. that are consistently playing. I mean, you know, and, and on top of that, so first of all, he's 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 in the middle of a complete roster turnover. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Look, when he was at, first of all, if you look at Matt Deggs' resume, where he's coached, where he's been, he does not, his baseball, his baseball resume does not have too much failure in there. Everywhere he's gone, he has been successful. He has won. All the way from being a junior college head coach, to being an assistant, to being a head coach at Sam, all the way till now, you look at his records, He's been successful just about everywhere he's been, you know, and, and just to let people know his first season at Sam Houston in 2015, right after he left Louisiana to take that head coaching job in Huntsville, 31 and 28 record first year, 31 and 28. The following year, if you guys recall, he came to the Lafayette regional as a three seed when we hosted lost to Arizona in an elimination game by one run the same Arizona team who ended up beating us to win that regional and came within maybe one base hit away from winning the national, winning the national championship. Okay. 2017, fast forward to 2017, he's playing Florida state and Tallahassee in a super regional for a chance to go to Omaha. So again, 31, 28, one year regional, the next super regional, the next after that. And he won, I think four conference championships while he was at Sam. So, his 31-28 record kind of started off not quite up to par with what was expected of, of what he's capable of, but I guarantee you he probably had to do a full roster turnover, probably had to change some things, and that's the transition we're going through now. Uh, this idea of was he the right hire, of course he was the right hire. Look, when, when Coach Rhodes passed away, he was the number one name that everybody was throwing out. We saw what he did in 2013 and 2014. And again, his resume speaks for itself. I mean, damn, there's, Look, there's a reason it only took two weeks to hire the man. Not to mention, not to mention, we, yes, we're 11 and 10 right now. And I don't want to be sunshine pumper, but at the same time, I got to say this. We're 11 and 10 right now. This is the first time after only 21 games since 2017 where the Cajuns have an above 500 record. Thank you. And we're not, we haven't even hit conference yet. So that's another thing. Thank we you. haven't even hit conference yet. So, you know, the, the 20, look, if you go back, look, 2018, I think we finished the season 34 and 25. At this point in the year, you know what our record was? Weren't we like nine, nine and nine and 12, nine and 12. And we weren't playing. I mean, we played a few decent teams, but it wasn't, the schedule wasn't quite where we are now. And we ended up, nine games of finishing nine games above 500. So, you know, yes, we're 11 and 10. I know that's not up to our standard, but again, this is the first time in four years we've been above 500 after only 20, 20 21 games. We still have conference to play. Now look, 
Most Cajun fans, our expectation, make a regional. That's our expectation. I mean, that's just the way it is. At the same time, we still have conference. This team can still get hot. We have the, dude, here's the thing. I'm not worried because I know we're going to be better in conference. I think we're going to, I think it starts this weekend. Look, you don't, even if we split the series two and two, you're going to conference play. You're not playing TCU. You're not playing uh, these, you know. No, you're playing, you're playing three good teams and eight scrubs. Right. For the most part, on paper, yes. Now, that's our job. It's our job to prove that. But our schedule should ease up a little bit. That would allow us to compete and, and, and boost our record a little bit. And, and look, my expectations for this year, it's like I told you, man, we're, we're, we're still, I still think we're a year away. I still think we're a work in progress. Even Coach Deggs admits we're a work in progress and we will get better. We haven't played our best baseball yet. Um, do I expect us to go to a regional? Yeah, I want to go every year. But will I be disappointed if we don't make one this year? Not as much because I think we still we still got a ways to go. We're still learning. We're still trying to, you know, process this roster. We're still trying to process this team. I know those players' expectations. They look the coaching staff and the players. They want to go to Omaha. Now, is that going to be reality? Eh, probably not. But you know, I, I feel like we have everything we need to compete now. I still think we're a work in progress, but we still have a learning curve. And look, my satisfaction this year, look, we haven't had a winning season in three years, okay? If we can finish 10 to 12 games above 500, win somewhere 35, 36 games before when it's all said and done, and compete for the conference, compete in the conference tournament, that'll put ourselves in position to make a regional and maybe squeeze into one. Look, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So, you know, to ask if Matt Deggs was the right hire, like you said, he's he hasn't even coached 40 games yet. Like, give the man, he's technically on point, he's technically in year 1.5 when you really think about it because of what happened last season. And then on top of that, to add on, compared to last year, he's had a full roster turnover just about. So, you know, give the man some time. I'm telling you, come next year and even the year after, I guarantee you, we're going to look back in this conversation. We might even bring it up and just laugh at it. You know, you know, just I, remember, I, I, I quote a quarterback that I that I can't stand in in Mr. in Mr. Aaron Rodgers. R.E.L.A.X. Relax. Yep. Yep. Relax. Because here's the thing. And I'm, I'm actually going to hit the break music because we need to we need to get to a break. But. And, you know, I, I, I say this because I need to do it, too. We all need to do it. As diehard fans, we have expectations and, you know, we want our expectations met all the time every year. But every once in a while, we just need to shut the hell up, sit back, and let the guys that we pay to do a job do their job. Do you remember whenever Billy lost to, uh, Billy Napier lost to Coastal Carolina in 2018 and everybody yeah, his, was freaking his, out? His, first, his third game on campus? Everybody was freaking out. Well, is everybody freaking out now? You know what we're freaking out about? What SEC school is going to call next and take them away from us? That's what we're freaking out about. Everybody sit back, grab you a beer, and relax. We'll be right back here on our interview. 
Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana Athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage and Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Ragin' Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Awardmaster, located at 3219 Johnston Street, is the only award shop licensed by Louisiana Athletics. In business in Lafayette for over 45 years, Awardmaster creates one-of-a-kind trophies, medals, and awards using a wide variety of materials, including resin, glass, wood, acrylic, and more. Owners Adam and Sarah Lopez are proud UL alumni, as well as Cajun Cooking Club members. Adam and Sarah can also help with your business promotional items. Rage and Review trust Awardmasters for all of their needs, and you will too. Awardmasters is so much more than just an award shop. Give Awardmasters a call today, 337-984-1414, or go to awardmaster.com. Awardmaster, the recognition and personalization experts. Welcome back to our Asian Review. Matt Miguez, Jerry Abear here with you. Jerry, you know, the mark of a good program in, in, in any sport is when you are 16 and 6 on the year 
and your fan base is sitting there saying, holy crap, we're struggling. Expectations and standards, my friend. And, you know, of course, I'm talking Expectations about, and standards. Of course, I'm talking about Louisiana softball. Uh, so far this year, they are they are 16 and 6. And as much as I love our, our local, you know, media and, you know, whatever else, if you ask anybody who is a who is a diehard of this program or in the media or what have you, you would hear the words, we're struggling. Yeah. Which which is quite impressive. I mean, again, sixteen and six on the year. Not to mention you hold wins over UAB, who at one point this season was ranked in the top twenty five. You demolished number eight Oklahoma State seven to one. Then you played them two days later and brought it to extras. And then oh yeah. You went to number 10, Austin, and split the series with them. I mean, that's what expectations and standards do. But yet, they're struggling. Anyways, let, let's dive into this past week for softball. Like I said, number 10, Texas, was on the was in a doubleheader last Thursday. Uh, this game was supposed to be at Lampson Park, but due to the disgusting weather we had last week, uh, it was moved to Austin. Uh, game number one was at 4 p.m. last Thursday. The Cajuns, you know, couldn't really get anything going in this game uh, outside of the five hits, but it ended up being a 4 nothing defeat at the hands of number 10 Texas. You know, I didn't really get to watch this game. Um, But, you know, game two was a different story. The Cajuns kind of came alive. They ended up exploding for, I think at one point they had, I think it was, let me see. I can get it run, score by inning. It was nine to four in the fourth. And then, you know, Louisiana kind of let Texas back in the game in the 5th, 6th, and 7th to only walk away with a 10-9 win. Um, this was a team, let's see, Summer Ellison pitched in this game 5 and a third. She gave up 8 hits, 6 runs, 5 of them earned. Only struck out 2 batters. You know, looking at this stat line, this is not a typical Summer Ellison performance. Yeah, it's um, it you know, summer just has you know, like like Coach Glasgow said, summer just hasn't been summer. Um, at least what people are saying, and I think it's just one of those situations. Sometimes you're going to run into a small slump, but uh, you know, have pitch maybe another few good games. She pitched a great game over the weekend that we'll talk about in a second. But I think you know, pitch one or two good games that should boost your confidence. And I expect I expect summer to get back on track. Uh, you know, she's already got everything it takes. Get back on track. You know, if you pitch one or two games, you build that confidence up, and 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 things change right away. Yeah, and you know, like like you said, she did have a great performance on. Uh, I think it was Sunday that she uh, she had her her great performance against UT Arlington, although she didn't get the win. Yeah, 
it was scoreless. Um, Summer started the game, and she was it was scoreless until the sixth inning. There was an error that allowed um, that allowed UTA to draw even. She pitched five and two thirds, holding UTA to just three two hits, and didn't allow a runner to reach base or enter scoring position until the third inning. The Mavericks only had two total base runners through five innings of play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's a typical summer Ellison performance. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, UTA ended up tying the game. So when Kendra Lamb came in and shut the door, she was credited with the win. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a typical Summer Ellison performance. So I hope that that kind of got her momentum going into into the next couple of games because tonight you're hosting at Lampson Park a very very good Louisiana Tech team. Well, I mean, look, Louisiana Tech. If you look at the the, the series record, I believe we've. I don't think Tech has ever beaten us in softball. So. You want to keep that streak going. Uh, they have a, they currently have a seven and twelve record right now, um, but they're still competitive. Um, they took two out of three against Memphis over the weekend, and they are a they are they are a talented bunch, even in spite of their record. Um, I said fourteen nothing. I'm sorry. We basically we lead the series um, forty eight to thirty from what I'm looking at right here, um, and we have a twenty seven twenty seven uh, game win streak on them. So um, just to give you an idea, they are, we do have a, uh, a little bit of an advantage on them right now. So 27, yeah. 27 game win. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, that is um, a little hurtful. Um, you know, I would not want to be a Louisiana tech softball fan. With oh, it's perfect. I love it. What are you to, talking about? Coming to, uh, to Lampson Park this weekend. Tonight, 6 p.m. <laughs> ESPN Plus. Also, you can hear it on ESPN 1420. And this weekend, they will host South Alabama at Lampson Park Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 6, 2, and 12 are first pitch times. You can listen to all three of those games on ESPN 1420. You know, Jerry, one, one thing that, that's going to be interesting is so like I said, we play South Alabama this weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday afternoon. But then right after that game with South Alabama, Georgia Southern's gonna be sitting around. We're making up yeah, make- we're making up that series from when they had COVID issues. Um, we're gonna play Georgia Southern at four o'clock Sunday and then do a four and six thirty doubleheader on Monday with the Eagles of Georgia Southern. So, you know, that's an interesting little little caveat. Um, you know, between Friday and Monday, you're going to play six games. In, yeah, it's going to be a Sunday challenge. Conference. It's going to be a challenge, but you know what? This is an, this is an opportunity for for these ladies to uh to get the job done, boost up that record a little bit and uh and shut shut down the naysayers, shut down the doubters. Look, you get you get all six of those games, you start off the conference, well, not start off the conference, but you get a 6-0 conference uh, conference run this weekend, and then you get that tech win tonight. You go 7-0 and or even 6-1 and for that matter. Let's say they go 6-1 and hypothetically. Now you're sitting at a 22-7 and record, you know? So perception-wise, it's a lot better. Plus, you, you beat the conference foes you're supposed to. 
I mean, I, I expect us to go seven and zero, but I know that's very difficult to do. But um, yeah, it's it's really impressive that they were able to get that Georgia Southern series in because they didn't have to lose games. And kudos to Georgia Southern for agreeing to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, big weekend ahead, big opportunity to jump out to a huge conference lead, and uh, you know, just to as as always as we always say, it, it's a good time to be a part of the Raging Cajun Athletics. Um, you know, obviously, like we like we said off the top with the big announcement tomorrow, uh, baseball and softball this weekend, uh, spring football ha- has kicked off, and they're off to a, to a great start getting ready for that September 4th showdown with Louisiana Tech. I'm mean, not with Louisiana Tech. Why am I saying? With Texas um, in, in Austin on Labor Day weekend. So, you know, Again, like I said, great time to be a part of the athletic program. Good time to be a fan. Uh, Jerry, you got anything else to say, man? Before we uh, before we get out of here. No, I, the the main thing is is that I do I do want to tell fans, you know, look, let's let's see what the announcement is tomorrow. When we do the announcement again, we will uh, contact the right people to see if we can do an interview, a sit down with them. Uh, what we might do, just to give people an idea, is we'll probably have fans submit questions via Twitter or Facebook and see what, you know, if they have any questions or wanted to know a little more in depth of what's happening. uh, Once we find out what this announcement may be, that we will relay that to the proper people uh, when we interview them and um, have some of your questions answered in in a, in a, in an interview. So um, be on the lookout for that. We'll announce that later. In the meantime, um, Lots of events going on this weekend between baseball and softball. Um, big time weekend series for both teams. So, uh, you know, wear your red, support the Cajuns, and uh, let's have some fun with this. And everybody be safe. And let's, uh, let's, let's watch some sports, man. Got March Madness, college baseball, college softball. It's a good time to be a Cajun fan. Yeah, absolutely. Cajun Nation, you know the drill. Ragin Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also go to RagenReviewPod.com. Check out our website. Uh, you know, plenty of plenty of info there. You can get previous episodes, uh, articles that we've written, you know, whatever it may be. You can check all that out on the website. And you can get this podcast, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music. I mean, you you name it. You can find Rage and Review there. Uh, we appreciate you guys as always. Stay tuned for a big episode next week, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. As always, go Cajuns. <laughs>